Welcome to Naturally Well, a podcast to help you live a healthier and happier life with a Nordic twist. I'm your host, Kate Turner, registered dietitian, personal trainer, Nordic Naturals nutrition specialist, and owner of Live Well with Kate. Today's guest is McLean McGowan. McLean is a motherhood coach, host of Mother the Mother podcast, prenatal and postnatal healing expert, postpartum and loss doula, frequency mentor, nutritionist, hypnotherapist, Pilates yoga and meditation teacher. She's also a lactation education counselor, death doula, Reiki practitioner, wife, and mother of two daughters. After the birth of her first daughter, McLean quickly realized that there was a great need for women to be supported on a deeper level, not only through pregnancy and birth, but especially through the postpartum shift. Through her own postpartum journey with little support, McLean made it her mission to show up for other women as the kind of loving support that she wished she had. Becoming a postpartum doula has led her to her truest passion, coaching and educating women as they transition from maiden to mother and beyond. She loves supporting the mother, of course, but also the father or other parent as well. Holding the entire family in a cohesive, healthy, and healing container helps everyone land into their new role. It takes a village to raise a mother, not just a child. In this episode, McLean shares her top tips for preparing for baby and the postpartum phase for the modern woman. Welcome to the show, McLean. I'm so happy to have you on. We were just Thank talking <laughs> all things parenthood, um, and we probably could have kept going, but let's bring it in here now. Um, I I feel like postpartum is so near and dear to my heart pretty much because I have been in the postpartum phase for probably about two years now. My son just turned two. And when I was 10 months postpartum, I found out I was pregnant with our daughter. She's now wow. six months old. Wow. Um, so I've just been pregnant Amazing. or postpartum yeah. for the past two years, or no, the past almost three years. Um, and there's so much that I feel like you need to be prepared for, and everyone's experience is different, right? But I felt so much better going into the postpartum phase with my daughter really having known and having a better idea of what it was like with my son, which again, can always change with each child. Um, But that's really what I want to talk about today is kind of the reality of postpartum and what we don't talk about or how long the postpartum phase is. Because I, you know, even having clients, I have so many clients that at month three, they're like, okay, time to get my body back. Like, here we go. And I'm like, well, we're still dealing with a lot of hormones. You're still breastfeeding. There's a lot of things at play. So we're going to dive into all of that. (laughs) I know so many. And and we're going to still keep it short, but we're going to dive into all that. But I first want to start with you telling everyone just how you got to and why you became a doula. Yes. First of all, you are so in your postpartum time. I'm impressed you're doing a podcast and forming full sentences. So bravo to you. So I have been a mother for almost 12 years now. My oldest is about to turn 12. She's a tween. She's in middle school. So I'm in a whole new phase of motherhood. And it's so interesting because my little one's six. And it's like, I think as mothers too, is we're always going to feel like we're straddling two different surfboards. You know, like once you get to the top of one level, then you're the next age and stage of your child. And that's brings a whole new level to us and our motherhood, right? And our reparenting and our own childhood traumas and like all of it. So it's motherhood is just 
the most fascinating wild ride. And I always say, kind of if you're up for it, it is a fast track of spiritual practice. You know, pregnancy can be such a spiritual awakening because for the first time for a lot of us, it's the place where we truly have to surrender, you know, through the pregnancy portal. So I became a postpartum doula almost 12 years ago after the birth of my first daughter because I really realized, you know, we put all this money, time into courses, prenatal planning, the shower, you know, the doula, the team, the doctor, the midwife, all of those things, and then have the baby. And then in my experience, it was just crickets on the other side. It was just like, where's the help? Where's the village? I'd heard one person mention the term postpartum doula, but it wasn't a thing in my field. And I live in LA too, which is a huge kind of birth world mecca. The postpartum world a decade ago was not such a big thing as it is now. So I just didn't know what I didn't know. You know, I was 33. I was traveling a ton. I really didn't sleep well for like a year and a half. And it just became my dharma. It became, it wasn't even like a decision I consciously made. I don't feel it was just like I all the things that I'd already done in my life, nutritionist, yoga teacher, meditation teacher, Pilates, prenatal. I was always drawn to prenatal. I'd done a midwifery class in college. It's kind of like all these things were leading me and I wasn't even aware of it. Um, and then, of course, my journey as, my, as a mother has changed how I work with women also. And I'm into coaching now because women and moms need to be held in so many levels, right? Um, from preconception all the way through pregnancy to post to having teenagers, to having empty nest syndrome. You know, it's like we all are on different parts of the journey, but it's all one journey, really. So, um, and then of course, then I had a second and like you, so many things were so much easier because you just know yourself and you know, they're going to be okay and they're going to thrive and you can make mistakes and most things are course correctable. Um, I found really with my second, I've enjoyed motherhood so much more because it's just been there's been more ease and joy and fun. And like with my first, I was so strict about nap time and being home. And like second, you just can't. It's just, I mean, I have a six-year gap. So it's like, we are we got stuff to do. You're just have to figure out how to nap in the car. And she did, you know? <laughs> so, um, but still, I mean, even 12 years later, postpartum is still like just tiny bit getting the attention that I feel like it really needs. And what's so bonkers is that this stuff is simple and it's been around literally since the dawn of humanity because really postpartum care was all of just the things that societies and traditions and villages learned okay we need to do these things for the mom so that the mom lives and the baby lives right like that's like the base foundation it's like we need to do these things she needs this rest she needs to not do the other things in the village right now good nourishing food nourishing tonics, all these things, because ultimately we need to keep her alive and baby alive, right? Because that's how humanity has kept going. So it's simple things, but it's just not in our fields. And so that's what I feel like my calling really is. I'm not being original. Like this stuff has been around literally forever. It's just like remembering it and reminding people. And yeah, that's yeah, no, and it's, the base. It's I like to McLean these with like the simple things because also now, which is great. I mean, I've used every different postpartum bra or (laughs) there's so many things at our fingertips that can help us, but it also makes it really overwhelming. And then that's when the simple things can get 
overlooked because we're just, well, we're also sleep deprived. We're just Amazoning whatever we can. Um, And this is during pregnancy as well. Like, I feel like people forget, like the end of your pregnancy, you're not sleeping well, even from like maybe your mid pregnancy, then, then the baby comes. So it's, you're not at the top of your game. I mean, I'm still, I thank you for your, your comments before, but like, I'm still not at the top of my game, right? Like, I can't even, like you said, put sentences together. Like, I can't find words half the time. Um, So it's great that there are a lot of things that are, yeah, that are at our fingertips, but we forget those simple things. So maybe before we dive into kind of some of the misconceptions or reality of postpartum, what are some of those simple things that you focus on with um, with moms or before they're going to have their baby to prepare them? Yeah, so I love to get a game plan for postpartum because... Making your postpartum plan in postpartum is not happening. Doesn't happen. <laughs> so, and that's the, the thing for a lot of people because they, they, we just think, oh, we'll deal with it in postpartum. That is not the time to be dealing with it. So we, I, like my goal is to start educating people before they're even pregnant for the postpartum time, right? But the reality is a lot of my clients are pregnant and then we're, we're navigating. So just a, the top kind of handful of things is really working on meditation and urinate wisdom. So if that is not a practice that you have, pregnancy is the time to really cultivate it, listening to your body, tuning in. If your energy all of a sudden doesn't like to be around someone or around something, foods, honor that. Your body is telling you, right? That it's just the season you're in. Um, rest. Rest is going to be your bestie in the postpartum time. And we are addicted in this culture to go to productivity, to showing how much we've done in a day, right? Um, I do this myself. I'm not, I'm preaching to my own self too. Um, rest is like the number one thing, even when I'm a postpartum doula in someone's home and they have the chef and the night nurse, all the things. It's We're still addicted to not resting. So, so much of my job as a doula is just like, please get back in bed. Please rest. Close your eyes. Baby is actually sleeping right now. What can we do to bring your nervous system down? You know, I, you know, we, we say all the time, sleep in your baby's sleeping, which is true. That also can make people really annoyed to hear that because you're like, yeah, but I've got to do laundry and I've got to take care of the other kid and I've got to cook and all the things. But it really is learning what you can take off your to-do list in the real time that is going to actually pay off. And what's really paying off in the postpartum time is your nervous system regulation. Like that is the core foundation of postpartum care, in my opinion. So it's rest. It's really always navigating towards nervous system regulation. It's the sleep. It's um, letting go of judgment. So even in pregnancy, if you're tossing and turning all night, um, maybe go sleep in your own bed if that feels better to you. I feel like we also have these constructs of like, what being in a good marriage is or in partnership. And it's like, sleep where you need to sleep. Same in postpartum. If you and baby are up all the night and your husband or your wife or partner has to get up and like, you know, the next day, even after birth, my husband went back to work after both of my babies, you know, um, it was less stressful for me to sleep alone with my baby. And so I did that. And I'm like, you know what? My marriage is not going to implode, right? Like we're all better resourced when we're sleeping how we need to sleep. So that's another big thing. Food. Food and simple food, cooked food, oatmeals, warm teas, no ice water. I mean, I, I actually did crave ice water, so I would let myself, but I would balance it out with the warmth. Socks. If you go outside and it's 
chilly or windy head. I mean, sorry, hat on the head. Um, because our head is where so much of our heat leaves, you know, like simple things like anywhere in Asia, a new postpartum mom is wearing socks and a hat, period. Like uh, Latin America too, wrapped up scarves, hat, socks, always. It's just something that we're not even, it's not even in our like vernacular. Um, you know, so the oatmeals, the porridges, the chia puddings, I'm really big into soups, stews, bone broths. Um, tea with ghee in it, all of those really good high fat and warming and nourishing and um, like unctuous, like oily for the joints and the tissues, because, you know, we have a lot to heal. There's a lot from a birth that we, whether you have a natural birth, unmedicated birth, vaginal birth, C-section, it's all really intense stuff that just happened to your body. And we have to respect it and honor it and really give it the time that we need because our bodies are geniuses and they will go back most of the time to generally how we were before having pregnancy at birth. Um, like we wouldn't expect people that had a major surgery just to, you know, be doing laundry the next day. And that's actually the reality of a lot of C-section moms, right? It's like, it's, it's, there's a very mismatched expectation. And I think that's the biggest societal issue with the postpartum is really knowing what's normal biologically. And then how do we create the space for that? And as my own guinea pig from my first and second daughter, you actually save time and you actually are way more productive if you rest deeply and sufficiently in the beginning. Because it is a marathon, as you know. Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go through some of the things you said, which it's like you're preaching to the choir over here. <laughs> um, we did the same thing with my second, with my daughter, where my husband slept in the guest room and she slept with me. Um, and it it just, even though, right, like I was waking up a lot because you're also hearing them constantly there was a huge weight lifted off my shoulders that I felt like then when I had my son where we were both waking up and we were both sleep deprived. And then now it was really nice that my husband was sleeping in the guest room and was on my son duty. Like, okay, when he's up, you're going. Like, you got him. I can sleep in if needed, if baby's allowing me to, et cetera, um, which you find you don't really anyways. But that worked out great. Um, and then... There was another point too with, oh, with resting. So like you said, some people can get so bothered by rest when your baby's resting or sleep when your baby's sleeping. You make it work for you, right? You know, I found that my most challenging part was my son was still at home with us. We had still been waiting for a daycare spot. Um, and we were fortunate to have a few hours of childcare. And I would find that in the morning though, if I took a nap when my daughter napped, I actually was more tired for the rest of the day. So I found that she always had a pretty good nap in the afternoon. And I was like, okay, that is my dedicated, like more deep sleep nap. Yeah. Um, still like resting, like if there was laundry to fold, like, okay, I'm going to sit on the couch or sit on the bed and, you know, do it leisurely and almost like enjoyably. Like I think also framing your mindset around it as like, oh, okay, like, I have some laundry to fold, but like, 
I may not get it all done, but I'm just going to sit here, maybe pop on my favorite show. And just like, like you totally. said, it, uh, it's yeah. more about calming your nervous system down than like, you don't have to be in a deep sleep if you can't be, or don't put the pressure on yourself. Yeah, that but pressure. I found, yes. yeah, I found one time a day, probably from about around 3 to 5 p.m. where I could sleep more deeply. And it helped me get through that next night of, you know, the constant wake-ups. And you just have to find what works for you. And I feel like not get frustrated and just know that it's all part of the process and you're not going to figure it out. Like, I think it took me maybe like three weeks or longer to figure out that was my good nap time where I actually felt rested. I felt like I could do things. Um, and a big part of it too was when we didn't have childcare for my older son was when people asked me like, oh, what can I do for you? Um, can I make you a meal? Can I do this? Can I do that? Um, and we were fortunate to have a friend set up a meal train. So we were actually pretty good on people making us food. But I was like, you know what? Can you take my son for a walk, for an hour walk? Awesome. Or yes. can you take him to the aquarium? Like we have, you know, we have a membership. Or And people were so happy to do that because they felt like they were really helping, which they were, and yeah. got to spend time you know, I feel like a lot of people too, you have to, you have to kind of know who you're asking to spend time with your toddler yeah, totally. or other child. <laughs> but I feel like so often we're not really asking for what we need. Um, and yes, one thing I've suggested 100%. to people is to really make a list. Like if you, if you don't know what you're going to need, you're a new mom, you don't know what you're going to need in that first week or two as you notice things that are challenging for you, just jotting them down. And then when someone says, hey, how can I help? Say, here's a list of things I need help with. You pick one. I don't care whether it's um, coming over and folding my laundry or making a meal or um, watching my son for an hour or other child for an hour. That I found was really helpful for me. Um, but it's... <sighs> It's just craziness. Like when I'm thinking back to it now and you're just in this go phase and like you said, McLean, you need to go into it with a plan because it's really, really challenging to create the plan when you're in it. Um, even food-wise, yeah. I love everything you impossible. said. Oh, it's yeah. next to impossible. And food is really challenging. I mean, I've been working as a dietitian for over 10 years and every time food was challenging. But the little things like you said that did help was you know, I had bone broth packets. All I had to do was heat up hot water, pour it in a cup, and at least, right, like maybe that's not a complete meal, but it was something, something. and it was nourishing. Yeah. And exactly. hydrating as well, like the sodium, if you're, you know, you're breastfeeding. Um, and also right after you have the baby, you have to, you know, replenish your hydration as well. And the warming food, like even making, you know, preparing if you can, like, the chili or any of those freezer meals or like my best friend was the crock pot. Yes. So even if it was myself or my partner, it was like, hey, let's just put all the chicken breasts we have in a crock pot, um, throw in some seasoning and we can just have that. And it's like, even if the meal was, I'm literally just eating shredded chicken. Hey, you're getting yeah. the protein. Um, you know, maybe throwing a couple potatoes or sweet potatoes in the oven. Like my whole thing was like, what was no hands? 
because you're using your hands for everything else. <laughs> yeah, it's you're true. usually carrying your baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but those things were really helpful. And I will say, even though it's not as like nourishing and warming, I feel like avocado toast on like a good piece of toast, yes. like an Ezekiel bread or something that had also some nutrients for me. Having that was amazing. Um, I actually wish I just bought, you know, those little egg cookers. Yes. That I just bought one. one of those. And I'm like, gosh, I wish I had this early so on easy. postpartum. I know. Just stick in the eggs, push yeah. a button, and then you have perfect hard-boiled eggs. Um, which again, like getting that choline for, you know, you and baby after. But it's so challenging, even if you know everything. I think you just have to be prepared that you're not going to be able to do it all or do it all the way you think you're going to. Yeah. It's the expectation. It's war zone. It's war zone. Like there, it's, you got to have things that are there, the plan, the supplies, and then also know days are going to go completely sideways and that's okay. Um, And the food thing is huge because you can freezer, you know, now there's so many other opportunities to lots of grocery stores have the big glass jars of bone broth. Yeah. Like there's so many ways to really ask for what you want, which is so beautiful. I think just having the postpartum in the conversation, it's like really say, because I do think to your point, people really want to truly help. They want to know she wanted the soup. She loves this. I'm so happy that I can give her actually what she wants. Right. Because my mom's generation Everyone was like, oh my gosh, I got another chicken casserole. Like, casserole. I don't need that. Right. And so, like, I, 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 I don't, casserole doesn't even exist. I don't know. It's not even in my world anymore, but it's, it's easy things. You know, it's rice, it's congee, it's stewed down veggies and soups and stews, and then having things that you can add protein to and scramble eggs on top of or whatever. Um, the biggest thing is having it in the fridge because what I find mm-hmm. is, you're already, it's already too late when you're asking a new postpartum mom what they want to eat. Because when you're, when you're so in it, you're like, I don't know. So they don't eat anything. And then six hours go by and you have not anything. And so that's what I see as a bigger issue. It's not even like eating the wrong foods. It's we're not eating. And especially if you're someone that is already kind of Vata imbalanced. Well, first of all, we're all Vata imbalanced after you have a baby postpartum, which makes it really easy. That's why can the you, warming, McClain, the can you, ex- can you explain yes. for our listeners what that is? Yes. So in Ayurveda, the science of Ayurveda, which has been around for thousands of years, which I really like to look at science that has been around that long because it has stood the test of time, right? And so there are three main doshas, kapha, pitta, vata. And most of us are a mix of all three, usually have two main ones. And pregnant, you're very pitta. So you kind of go into the pitta zone, no matter what your your main doshas normally are, because you literally have fire. We have like a fire belly, right? We have this other being in us. That's why you're hot. I mean, I'm always a cold person. Pregnancy, I was in a tank top. My friends are like, I've never seen you wear a tank top because I was hot, right? We're like, we literally are a furnace. And so then postpartum, it switches over to vata because now we have this empty vessel. It's, it's wind. Vata is wind. So, you know, um, very etheric people, very like tall, wispy is more of the body type, um, long face, longer teeth, long, skinny fingers. Like those things are more vata. Again, you can be kapha vata. You can be pitta vata. There are many. I won't go into the whole thing. It's a huge world. Um, but I love the Ayurveda 
perspective for postpartum. There are many books on it. There are many great recipe books. Um, but it makes it easy because every woman is bought to imbalance postpartum. So you just treat for that. Again, the socks, keeping warm, keeping warmer than you even think you need because we're, we're repairing the tissues, right? It's like when you have an injury, you want the blood to come to that area. Same as with our whole entire pelvic floor, same as with our uterus. Like that's the other thing is we don't really think about the placenta and the uterus as a massive flesh wound that we're healing. We just think, oh, baby's out. Like we're, we're onto it. There is a huge healing situation happening in our womb. You know, it's just expanded for our whole pregnancy. Then it's gone through labor, a lot of work. And then you also then have to birth the afterbirth, the placenta, and then it has to heal. It's a lot going on. And also, I mean, sidebar, but a lot of women are not mislead given the time to release their placenta naturally. So in certain like settings, it's ripped, it's tugged, it's there's some even left in there. Um, there's there's a lot of healing with that that I also think isn't spoken about. So we have to really bring the knowledge to women too. It's like you need to rest. You need to let yeah. that heal. And I think it I'm glad you brought this up too, McLean, because I feel like which I say like you almost have PTSD with certain things and you yeah. block them out. Yeah. But I had two very different experiences when birthing my children. So my son, who was my first, actually came out like sunny side up. So his face was up um, and he came out completely bruised from going out my birth canal that way. Um, but I experienced rather than I didn't tear much at all, which is what everyone's like always concerned about. Like, are you going to tear? Are you not going to tear? What's your degree of tearing? Um, but I actually had from, I guess, him coming up that way or out that way, face up, I got tiny little cuts all over my labia. That was, I guess it's just typical when that happens. I had a horrible healing time postpartum. Like, Probably for the first three weeks, I cried every single day just for how much in how much pain I was in. Then you fast forward to my daughter who came out within 30 minutes of arriving wow. at the hospital. Yeah, it, wow. she came out like fire. Um, <laughs> I was planning for an epidural, did not have time. You know, it was a whole it was just a whole experience. <laughs> yes. She thought out like a rocket. Um and I actually tore more with her, still not like awfully, but my healing was like, I felt fine. I was like a little bit sore, maybe three days later, but it's just wild how like that's one thing you cannot know is going to happen, prepare for just the way your child's going to come out, how your body's going to respond, how you're going to feel. Um, and that, made it a very different experience for me. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's so interesting how we worry about specific things, right? And then usually it's not those things. And so I do think that's where education is power, but then also really doing your work during your pregnancy and leading up mm -hmm. to your labor to release all stories and all attachments to outcomes. And I think you, you know, it's good to have a plan. It's really good to have a plan because let me tell you, if you don't have a plan, you can get swayed very easily by anyone that walks into your room, right? Um, but it's also that 
that greatest surrender. I mean, what is more miraculous than birth? Nothing. It is the greatest miracle. And I do think we, and I mean, myself included, it feels so just personal. Like I've got to do this and I've got to do this way and I've got to control it. Um, Baby is the other partner in that. Like we sometimes forget that. Baby has their way that they are wanting to come into this world, like testament to your daughter. And we don't always know what that is, you know? And also depending on, you know, your religious connections, you know, higher power, all of that, that's like a whole other part of the mix too, you know? Mm -hmm. So really, to me, birth is like, we plan for that competition and then it's just a great mystery and we just have to be down for the ride. (laughs) And I feel like so many people... I had like the opposite experience. I do feel like so many people are like, oh, you know what? I want to I want to have a natural birth. I, you know, I want to make sure I don't get an epidural. And when I was like the opposite, I was like, yeah, you're like Sign me I, up. I won't be able to do this without an epidural after <laughs> I had just had such a great experience with my son of like, I got the epidural and, and I couldn't feel like my legs down. I took a nap. It was amazing. <laughs> So I had the opposite of like, wait, you're saying I don't have time for an epidural? I can't do this. And yes, while well, I will say, it was probably the one of the most difficult things. It was and only maybe three minutes of my life. But <laughs> I had to let go of, you're not getting an epidural. Just how some people have to let go of like, maybe, you know, if you're, you need that or, right? Like there's, like you said, you have to let go oh, of some it's a, of those It's stories. a million ways. It's a million ways it can go. And we don't know until you're in it. And that that's actually probably the best thing. You don't know until you're in it. Um, I wanted to wrap up with saying with just what have you seen with all the women you've worked with? Could you pinpoint one of the top misconceptions about postpartum? I know we've really covered like let go of your expectations, let go of your stories. Is there anything else that we haven't discussed that you feel like women should really know or prepare themselves for? I feel like the postpartum time truly has the opportunity to be one of the best times of your life. And I get chills every time I think about it because a long time ago, a Chinese acupuncturist told me, when you are that open postpartum, you have the capacity and the opportunity to actually heal on a deeper level than you are ever able to heal in your life. And so if we just bring the intention, the love, the tender, loving care to that space, you can heal everything that's ever happened in your life. If we can just like switch, I I feel like it's almost like just millimeters, right? If we can just switch that gaze slightly instead of adding to our load, if we actually look at it as like, this is the most incredible opportunity maybe of my life to heal, it will change everything for a lot of humans. Because as we know, when mom is healed and resourced and has healed like on a very deep level, I'm not just talking even for the birth, I'm talking every trauma that's led up to that point in her life. Because that's the other thing as we kind of forget we're, we're one our whole life, right? That is how families are going to be healthy and be living their best lives because we have children to be happy, to be joyous, right? To live our best, highest version of ourselves. And 
we see in society that's not really happening. And so it's like looking at why isn't that happening? Why, you know, there, I mean, we could go on for hours, right? It's like why are children, mothers, families not thriving as we can be, we're meant to be? I do think a lot of that is because we have it wrong with the postpartum time. But there's such an opportunity to change it and to heal it for ourselves and each other and our daughters and our sons. Yeah, no, I love that. Honestly, I wish I wish I heard that before because like you said, I had a much more joyous time my second time around with my daughter. I also knew as of now, I don't think we'll be having more children. So that was part of it as well. But I wish I had taken the opportunity a little bit more with my son to give in um, and heal and find more of the joy as well. So I think that's the best nugget to end on. Um, so we love to end every episode, McLean, with a little rapid fire Q&A. Oh, so okay. three questions for our listeners to get to know you better. And first thing that comes to mind. What is your favorite de-stressing practice or support tool? Ooh, um, meditation, lying on the floor. And then I now have a total biohack tool, which is a biofrequency device, which I use daily for my nervous system. And it's changed my life. It's called the Healy. And it has just changed my entire nervous system game. Because again, it's all, it? it's a little device and I just literally clip it on my shirt. And I, you can use it on your plants, your animals, your family, kids, yourself. Your child. It's, it's wild. So that's, those are like my biggest ones, just slowing everything down, slowing yeah. to receive. I love that. Uh, coffee or tea? Both. <laughs> okay. What? Uh, give me your yeah. favorites of each and how you take it. I, okay. Caffeine. Someday I'll put caffeine, but that is not today. <laughs> Uh, so I usually do a cup of coffee and I do have a sensitive tummy. So I like, and it sounds like super lowbrow, but I love an organic instant that I do at home. I can't really drink coffee out. It's too strong for me. So I do it at home with raw milk, um, little maple syrup, and then progressively throughout the day, then I'll do um, matcha, which I do love with raw yeah. honey and cinnamon and raw milk. Oh, that sounds so good. I know, like a good <laughs> afternoon matcha is uh, the best thing ever. Game changer. Um, okay, my personal favorite question. What is your favorite home-cooked meal? It doesn't have to be something you make. You know what? I really love really well-cooked rice, white rice, like sushi rice. I love um, mung beans. I love soups, stews, like any healthy soup is my favorite. That's my biggest comfort food. And potatoes. I'm a big potato person. Personally, potatoes for me are superfood. They work really well for my body and I love them. So anything mashed, home fries, anything potatoes I love. Oh, that sounds so good. I know they're just like <laughs> so warming and comforting. They're too. so good. They're so um, good. Oh, well, McLean, thank you so much. Where can thank people you. find you, connect with you and just learn more? Yes. So Instagram is probably the biggest place for connection and work, I'm at, at Mother the Mother, at Mother the Mother. And I do have a website, but it needs redoing, you know, like every other mompreneur out there. We're like, yeah, we're getting to the website. Um, and that's, that's the best way. I've had a podcast for three years, Mother the Mother. 
um, revamping it. It's coming back soon, but I have over a hundred episodes that are there for anyone to listen to all birth related, um, uh, and you know, offshoots of birth and postpartum. And, um, then you can always just find a way to email me via Instagram connect. I do one-on-one coaching. I'm building some group coaching and some courses out for this next three to six months. So look out for those too. Awesome. Well, this conversation has filled my cup up so much. I feel like anytime I get to connect with another mom, it doesn't even Me matter like what stage we're in. Totally. Um, and it's almost really nice like seeing and talking to you who's in a different stage um, and the things to look forward to and write also the challenges. Um, but thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for having me on. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. This week's actionable step is to call on your support team for what you actually need help with. And when possible, make time to rest, whether you're in the conception phase of your journey, pregnant or postpartum. Thank you for listening to Naturally Well by Nordic Naturals. And remember, you can catch some of our episodes of the podcast on our Nordic Naturals YouTube channel. For something to do in between episodes, follow me on Instagram at livewellwithkate, where I typically live on my stories, providing a variety of daily health and wellness tips. Naturally Well is hosted by myself, Kate Turner, and produced by Andrew Steven. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.